The man who used to be Joe Biden is saying he will appoint a commission to study the Supreme Court before he does whatever he has to do to stop everyone from bothering him all the time. In an interview with a lampstand he took to be his late Aunt Betsy, Biden said the situation with the court is very dire. Biden said, quote, all these years we've been following this Constitution thing and appointing Supreme Court justices, and now there are more justices the Republicans like than there are justices the Democrats like, and that's a great threat to our Constitution, which is what we've been following, which is actually kind of confusing when you come to think about it, but not as confusing as the way sometimes a car goes by on the street outside and you see a sort of light pass over the basement walls, but it's too early for the headlights to be on, and so where's the light coming from? Or is it a dream? or maybe a memory of the old days, because it gets harder and harder to tell those two things apart. Anyway, this is one of those emergencies we're always talking about, where people are supposed to get all upset so we can do whatever we need to do to hold on to power. Although maybe that's another one of those things I'm not supposed to say out loud, like about Barack Obama being the first clean African-American, even though he really was incredibly clean for a guy who came all the way from Kenya. Anyway, I know I said I would announce whether I was planning to pack the court if I won whatever I'm running for this time, but after careful consideration, I feel that talking about some cockamamie commission is a good way to get out of doing that. And in conclusion, I'd just like to say I resign the office of the President of the United States, uh, unless we haven't gotten to that part yet, unquote. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-dee. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray, oh, hooray, hurrah. All right, last day before the Clavenless weekend, laughing our way through the fall of the Republic, the ever- quickly, more quickly approaching fall of the Republic, go on YouTube and subscribe to the Andrew Clavin YouTube channel. Not to the Daily Wire. Yeah, subscribe to the Daily Wire too. But if you want my content and you want to get it delivered straight to your door by a gang of huskies uh, carrying a sled of, of content, uh, I don't know even know what I'm saying anymore. But, but the point is, subscribe to the Andrew Clavin YouTube channel. Ring, the, Press that little bell and I will magically appear in your living room uh, with new content. Also, leave a comment, and if the comment is sufficiently moronic, it will blend right in with the rest of the show, and we'll read it on the air. Uh, here is a comment from Asesh Subedi. He says, maybe the big guy is Corn Pop. I think that may have actually unraveled uh, the conspiracy right there. Like everyone, I have no idea what the outcome of the upcoming election will be. The polls continue to show Biden in the lead. But they're narrowing in the massive Trump rallies versus the empty, dead-hearted Biden and Kamala rallies seem to speak against that, as does the fact that Republican registration has skyrocketed and just a general observation that not only do I never hear anyone say they've changed their vote from Trump to Biden, I have a hard time even imagining someone saying that they've changed their vote from Trump to Biden. So the future is a mystery, which is why we call it the future. But here is one thing I do know about the future. Those people on the right, never Trumpers and others, who are waiting for Trump to be defeated so the Republican Party can, quote, get back to normal, are like a girl waiting home for a guy to call after he's already married someone else. When I look back and think that the Republican Party put up walking dead presidential candidates like John McCain and Mitt Romney and was thinking of running Jeb Bush when Trump upset the show, I am amazed the GOP has lasted even as long as it has. It was a party of self-serving losers so out of touch with its own constituency that it didn't see the Trump train coming even after it had run right over them. 
Trump understood the one thing necessary to win, which is that when you run against the Democrats, you are running against the media, and the media is the establishment. One of the many reasons I am praying Trump wins re-election is that I want so badly to see our corrupt, arrogant, elite, and thoroughly useless news media crushed to atoms by his victory chariot so that a better, freer, more honest, and diverse news media can rise in its place. But if Trump loses, it will only be because his chaotic and bumptious personality alienated people. He will still have proved that you can run an aggressively conservative campaign and ignore the identity mongering of a faux Marxist establishment in their press and win with the media wailing all the way. And that fact should transform the Republican Party into a party that looks and acts like Trump but speaks more politely. If it doesn't and the GOP goes back to normal, there's not going to be a GOP for very long. So I know you're looking at me and thinking, why does that guy look so happy? Well, basically, I'm just that kind of guy. I'm comfortable in my own skin, but I'm even more comfortable in my skin when I'm wearing my Mac Weldons. You probably can't see under my shirt. I got this beautiful T-shirt on. They have stuff that's so nice looking and so comfortable, what they call men's essential socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, active shorts. Mack Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit. They look great. They feel great. From working out, going out, going to work on a date, Mack Weldon is for everyday life. They really are nice. There's a totally free loyalty prob- uh, program. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level two by spending 200 bucks, you get 20% off every order for the next year. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Clavin and enter promo code Clavin. That's MacWeldon.com slash Clavin, promo code Clavin for 20% off. Mack Weldon is reinventing men's basics. And I know you listen to that and you say, wow, I got to spell Clavin twice, twice. How do you spell it? I don't even know how to spell it once. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Clavin. I just make it look easy. All right. We're going to talk about this debate, obviously. I hope you were watching backstage, but we will talk about some of the things we said there. And then we got to talk about the media's attempt to hide uh, Kung Pao Joe's uh, dirty dealings with China, which has just been hilarious. But first, let's have a summary of the debate. Uh, here's just a couple of clips run together. This is cut 14. It's all going to be over soon. Come on. Learning to live with it. Come on. Not that many of you are going to die. So don't worry about it. So don't worry about it. Come on. I know how to game the system. Come on. Come on, folks. And we had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe, the rest of Europe. Come on. Is lecturing me on Social Security and Medicare? Come on. Let him go bankrupt. Come on. But I told him to stand down and stand ready. Come on. <laughs> All right. This is the amazing. This is the amazing invisible big guy. This is the big guy the press doesn't want to say. Let me give you the bottom line as I see it. Basically, there are two scenarios. One is the the election will be determined by undecided independents, and that's who Trump and Biden have to sway to get the majority on their side. The other is what I call the Molly Hemingway scenario, because it was I first heard it posed by the best of all possible Mollies, Molly Hemingway, which is that there are too few undecided voters to make a difference. And what the election will be decided by is whether or not the base is enthusiastic enough to come out. And they may be enthusiastic in support of Trump, but they may also be enthusiastic just hating Trump. Obviously, no one is enthusiastic about Joe Biden. So Trump's strategy has, and maybe just his nature, has been to play for the second scenario, the scenario that is, is voter turnout that's going to make the difference. He has not changed. He has not reached out. He has not tried to be a nicer guy or a less Trumpy. He has just made sure that he is making, letting people see who he is so people can come out. Now, Trump 
The, op- the, the last time Trump and Biden debated in the first debate, I said it was a tie on points, but that Trump had lost. And the reason I thought Trump had lost, and that turned out pretty much to be true in the polls, although not as much as uh, people said he had, but he was, he was too far behind in the polls then to have a tie. That was the first thing. And his aggressive behavior, his aggressive bullying puts those people off who might vote for him, but just can't stand his personality. They just don't like him. And I think there are people like that, and I think there are probably a lot of them. This time, I thought it was a tie on points for the first half, and in the second half, as, as Biden started to collapse, uh, Trump started to win. But it was all a win for Trump, because even the tie was a win for Trump, because he normalized himself, and people who thought they couldn't vote for him because he's Godzilla could see, oh no, he's just Trump. So basically, in this debate, every narrative was shot down. The left-wing narrator did a decent job, since some said she didn't uh, ask about court packing and Hunter Biden enough, but that's really Trump's job to do that. And of course, she went into climate change, which is nonsense, but that's a problem with just getting always left-wing nar- uh, moderators. You know, you've got to, we've got to fix that situation. If the GOP doesn't fix it, it's, a, it's just going to be a problem. Kung Pao Joe was not a blithering fool. I've told you that. I've told you he can get through a debate, and he did get through the debate. He lied a lot more than Trump did, but he got through the debate. But the most important narrative that went down is that Trump was not Satan. And in part, this is funny, he was helped by the left, by the Presidential Debate Commission, which is obviously left wing. He was helped by their threatening to mute him if he went bananas and if he started bullying him. Just in the same way, he was helped by the left, by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer when they wouldn't deal with him. And that pushed him to the right. So he became a much better president and he became a much more right wing conservative president. And some of his old Democrat instincts were gotten rid of because they wouldn't deal with him. They forced him to be more. He's not a disciplined guy. They forced him to be more disciplined and that helped. And the thing is, if Trump is not Satan, the Democrats have no case. And that's that's why I think this was a major win for him, because the whole point of Joe Biden is, yeah, yes, he's a, is he a piece of lawn furniture? Yes, he is. Is he a potted plant? Yes, he is. But Trump is Satan. And you could just see Trump is a guy who does what he thinks will work. You could see the real Trump because Trump wasn't getting in his own way because they forced him not to. And I think that that's a big, big win for Donald Trump in this debate. All right. So let's take a look at some of the details, some of the things that happened. Uh, and we'll try and do a deep dive. There's a lot of material to go through. First part was about the virus. And this just depends on whether people are stupid enough to believe Joe Biden. He has not said a, put forward a single plan that Trump hasn't already done, but he has just played to the media narrative that Trump is the virus, that Trump killed everybody, that everybody died. And, and Donald Trump pointed out, which was a good thing, that this is a worldwide problem. It's gone uh, you know, all around the world. It's, it's not him. He didn't do this. It was China's fault, as he keeps saying, which is true. And this idea that somehow, I mean, Joe Biden has literally said that all the people would be alive if Donald Trump had done the right thing. And if you believe that, you should vote for Biden because you're an idiot. You know, I mean, that's a good reason to vote for. I'm voting for Biden because I'm just as stupid as he is. And so that's a good reason to vote for Biden. But he also, Trump did the right thing, which is he played to bite Biden's kind of cowardice. This is clip uh, 17. We're learning to live with it. We have no choice. We can't lock ourselves up in a basement like Joe does. He has the <laughs> he has the ability to lock himself up. I don't know. He's obviously made a lot of money someplace, but he has this thing about living in a basement. People can't do that. By the way, I, as the president, couldn't do that. I'd love to put myself in the basement or in a beautiful room in the White House and go away for a year and a half until it disappears. I can't do that. I caught it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot, great doctors, great hospitals, and now I recovered. 99.9 
of young people recover. 99% of people recover. We have to recover. We can't close up our nation. We have to open our school, and we can't close up our nation, or you're not going to have a nation. And, of course, the CDC has said young people can get sick with COVID-19 and can pass it. People are learning to die with it. You folks home will have an empty chair at the kitchen table this morning. That man or wife going to bed tonight and reaching over to try to touch their out of habit where their wife or husband was is gone. Learning to live with it. Come on. We're dying with it because he has never said, you said it's dangerous. When's the last time? Is it really dangerous still? Are we dangerous? You tell the people it's dangerous now. What should they do about the danger? And you say, I take no responsibility. So to me that that was just, you know, reality versus fear. I mean, this is the thing that the Democrats are selling and they sell, sell it openly. Donald Trump said, don't be afraid. Don't let it dominate your life. They were like, no, no, no. Be afraid. Let it dominate your life. And that's a choice people are going to have to make. That's a choice between freedom and fear. And, you know, and that's and that's the, I think that's the whole election in a nutshell. And really, it's a lot of uh, the question of who we become as a nation. There was one kind of funny moment when Joe sort of uh, fact checked himself in real time. I think this is clip 21. Take a look Vice at what President New York has done in terms of the, turning the curve down in terms of the number of people dying. And I don't look at this in terms of the way he does. Blue states and red states. They're all the United States. And look at the states that are having such a spike <laughs> in the coronavirus. They're the red states. They're the states in the Midwest. They're the states in the upper Midwest. That's where the spike is occurring significantly. But they're all Americans. They're all Americans. And what we have to do is say, wear these masks, number one. Make sure we get the help that the businesses need. So, so I love that. You know, he doesn't want to. He, I'm not about red states and blue states, but it's the red states that are getting the virus. Here's what he didn't say. And this is important. There's been good news in the economy this week. There really has. Uh, Thursday's report that uh, the jobless claims for the week of October 10th declined by nearly 1 million to 8.37 million and by 3.6 million in the last three weeks. More important metric, according to the Wall Street Journal, than new claims since it reflects layoffs and new hires. Workers who are being laid off are now finding jobs more quickly. Uh, the layoff rate in August hit the lowest on record. Uh, employers are also raising wages. So the economy is coming back. But But, and now I'm reading directly from the Wall Street Journal, the story that the media haven't told is that states that have maintained longer and stricter business restrictions have been slower to recover. The unemployment rate in September was 12.6% in Nevada, 11% in California, 10.5% in Rhode Island, and 10.2% in Illinois and high in New York, compared to Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin, and Utah, all around 5 and 6%. This is like what's called a K-shaped recovery because the people who are locked down, Trump is right about this, the people who are locked down are not having their economy come back, and that is killing people too. And this is the whole thing. It's The virus is scary. The virus does kill people, though far fewer than it was killing before now that they're learning how to uh, treat it. However, however, so does the lockdown. And this is an important point. I mean, this is something people are going to have to choose. In New York, I was just in New York. People are terrified. They're terrified because Andrew Cuomo killed so many of them. And now Andrew Cuomo is telling them to be afraid. And they're saying, yeah, we should do be afraid because he keeps killing us. So they're afraid. In other places, not so much. And that's, again, part of the attitude. Freedom and fear. That is what the election is about. So Trump is right here. This is, let's play uh, clip 20. All he does is talk about shutdowns, but forget about him. Democrats, Democrats all, they're shut down so tight and they're dying. We're not going to shut down and we have to open our schools. People are losing their jobs. They're committing suicide. There's depression, alcohol, drugs at a level that nobody's ever seen before. 
There's abuse, tremendous abuse. We have to open our country. You know, I've said it often. The cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. And that's what's happening. And he wants to close down. He'll close down the country if one person in our in our massive bureaucracy says we should close it down. So so Trump is just right here. And whether or not it's whether or not the people are going to play to fear or they're going to play to freedom. And again, you know, Trump got a lot of votes in the elderly population. If they are the people who have the most to fear, uh, they they need to save the Claven. Obviously, I mean, this is what has to be done. This is our first priority. And if they're too afraid to play into what Trump is saying, that the world has to open up again and the economy has to open up again, that could hurt him. But he's obviously right. He is obviously right in terms of the good of the whole country. So it's just going to be a question of whether people show up and have the courage to move forward into a world that is, as always, uncertain. After this, they got into the Hunter Biden stuff. And, you know, Trump, Trump is not a good storyteller. We were talking about this last night on Backstage. He, he doesn't know how to put things together. He speaks too much Twitter speak, and he assumes that people know the references. However, the cover-up here is so bad. The cover-up is so bad that I think he's been helped by the cover-up because the cover-up just makes it seem what's what's going on here. You know, they had one of those focus groups on Fox, I think it was, and people were saying, you know, we should find out more about this. And the less you know, the more mysterious it is, the darker it seems. So let's take a, a listen. Uh, you know, it was a, a good thing. He, it was a good thing that he brought it up and he insisted on it. And the cover-up is, I think, working in Trump's favor. It is a Watergate of a cover-up being run by the people who are constantly referring to Watergate. But let's play uh, clip 25. Joe got three and a half million dollars from Russia and it came through Putin because he was very friendly with the former mayor of Moscow and it was the mayor of Moscow's wife. And you got three and a half million dollars. Your family got three and a half million dollars. And, you know, someday you're going to have to explain why did you get three and a half? I think you have to clean it up and talk to the American people. Maybe you can do it right now. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. We learned that this president paid 50 times the tax in China, has a secret bank account with China, does business in China, and in fact is talking about me taking money. I have not taken a single penny from any country whatsoever, ever, number one. Number two, this is a president, I have released all of my tax returns. The foreign countries are paying you a lot. Russia's paying you a lot. China's paying you a lot. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe, and your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. (laughs) Your son said we have to give 10 percent to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? (laughs) So that that was good because the media is making doing everything they can to make the big man the invisible man. That is basically their strategy. And, uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, it's it's kind of wonderful, actually. It's wonderful to watch the media playing Twister to try and cover up this spreading blob of a scandal. And it is beginning to look like a scandal. And, you know, the thing about it is suddenly the uh, standard that we're running by is he didn't break any laws. It's, he's not a criminal. And I, you know, I agree with this. Joe Biden, you know, Trump says something about the Biden crime family. That's not the truth. Biden, Biden's not a criminal. And I don't think Trump is a criminal. And those are the things they're hurling at each other. The press is acting criminally. The press is acting criminally. They are betraying their brief so badly that it is almost an act of criminality. But what it is, is it's swamp thing. 
It is Joe Biden is swamp thing. And the voters sent Donald Trump to drain the swamp. That chant they had, drain the swamp, was almost an exact reference to the kinds of things that we've been seeing, that we are now seeing, that Biden and his family were doing. They were swamp creatures. Biden is a swamp creature. He is a representative of this. And, you know, he's a swamp creature in other ways. He's a swamp creature uh, in, in the sense that he blows with the wind. You know, he looks around for the prevailing winds and that's the way he goes. And since the prevailing winds in the Democrat Party are to the far left, that's what makes him so dangerous. I hate to say this, but the holiday season is coming. <laughs> I know it's almost, it's almost Halloween, which is almost Christmas. I mean, that's the way it works. More people will be mailing stuff than ever before this holiday season. You know why. And that means the post office is going to be busy. You don't want to be there. You don't want to have to put on a mask. You don't want to stand next to people. You don't want to be in a crowd. But luckily, magically, we can transport the post office right into your computer just by saying the magic word stamps.com. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller fulfilling orders during this record-setting holiday season, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, or just sending packages to your family. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. With my promo code Claven. you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Claven. That's Stamps.com. Enter ClavenStamps.com. Never go to the post office again. I know, I know. How do you spell Claven? Stop asking me. It's, it's K-L-A-V-A-N. You know, there was a report uh, that um, this whole thing about uh, uh, Biden and his family getting $3.5 million payment from a uh, from Moscow, the wealth, the wealthy wife of Moscow's former mayor, he got this three point five million payout. And this is what Trump is referring to. And when when Biden says, you know, you took money from Russia and Trump says, I didn't take money from Russia. You did. He's talking to money about money under the table, money that was gotten by influence peddling. It is actually just a, a sight to behold to watch the media clearing this up. You know, they did this thing. 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl did an interview with Trump for 60 Minutes. And Trump stormed out after a while. And Trump was saying, you know, I know this is going to be a hit job. I'm going to release my own video of this. And he did, which, by the way, I just think was brilliant. And one of the reasons Trump is in office, because he understands who he's running against, Leslie Stahl. Leslie Stahl disgraced herself in this tape. I mean, she really did. And it was just, it's almost like they do it for their friends. It's like in Hollywood. In Hollywood, they get up and they say, oh, I'm, I'm going to be brave and attack Donald Trump, which doesn't cost them anything. They go home and they, they win awards and they got Oscars, they get new parts, everybody slaps them on the back. And you get the feeling now that that's what reporters are doing. They go out there so they can come back and be welcomed home by their friends. Let, let me just play a clip of this. When Trump uh, is basically trying to get the scandal out there. And she's saying, no, 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 we're not going to talk about the scandals. Cut one. I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen. And you don't cover it. Biggest you want to talk about... Well, because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me. We they found the laptop. It. Leslie, Leslie. It can't be verified. What can't be verified? The laptop. Why do you say that? Because Even the family hasn't... <laughs> Why can't it be verified? CBS News. It's CBS News. They can't verify a laptop. The Wall Street Journal has got it verified. Fox has got it verified. It's verified. The FBI is basically saying it's verified. 
it's it's a it's verified. This is a good story. And, and you know, the whole thing about Russian disinformation, which is just absurd at this point, is just a dodge because it's, what what difference does it make if it's Russian information, if the information is real? I mean, the whole point of the steel dot, this is the thing. They reported on the Steele dossier endlessly. This is this thing about Trump and the prostitutes and all this nonsense that was that the FBI knew early on was bogus. It was Russian disinformation. It was information being fed to a former British spy by the Russians that they knew was untrue. The FBI knew it was untrue. The entire Mueller investigation was bogus because they knew it was all based there. FISA warrants were based on things that were untrue, but the press was reporting it like crazy. And suddenly... It's a problem. Wonderful, wonderful clip and a wonderful exchange between Christiane, I'm a poor journalist, one of, to me, one of the most biased, dishonest journalists in the business, who is, uh, whenever anybody accuses her of bias, she's like, what, do, what could, you, could you possibly mean by that? She is just a biased journalist. Christian, I'm a poor journalist and GOP spokeslady Liz Harrington. And she went after Liz Harrington and Harrington took her apart. And this is cut uh, five. Are you comfortable that CNN used Russian disinformation from a Russian asset to leak it to subvert the peaceful transfer of power? The reporting on the dossier, which was complete, verified Russian disinformation. Is it not? Is it not? Let's just get back to the story. Was the dossier real? Was the dossier real? Oh, it's very relevant because everything that Democrats accused us of doing is what they themselves did. Rudy Giuliani is not a Russian asset. We've heard this smear very well before. It's the United States government who said it, not me and not CNN. The United States government has reported. The FBI. Okay, you know what also the United States government says? The FBI says this laptop is not Russian disinformation. So what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's almost difficult to watch. I mean, I really dislike Christiane. I'm a poor journalist. I think she has gotten just a lot of credit for being a very, 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 very bad at what she does. But that's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Even the look on her face, the kind of smirk where, you, you know, that smirk that people get when they know they've, they've been stripped naked on TV, uh, but they have to keep pushing on. Basically, she was called out. This this is this is a cover up. This is, you know, they always call him Carl Bernstein. Carl Bernstein, I, I'm not even sure Carl Bernstein is actually still alive. He's just this guy with like a tape recorder in his mouth. He comes out, this is worse than Watergate. It's what? Oh my God, it's worse. Than, Watergate was bad, but this is worse. This cover up is worse than Watergate. This is a scandal. And, and you know, again, it, it, I don't know yet whether it's a criminal scandal. I mean, it's very, very dodgy where Biden came in on it. But there's there's certainly a lot of information here that this has been that this is swampy stuff, you know, and any reporter who was a reporter would cover it. And no reporter would cover this up. I mean, in the old days, as they say, reporters were just animals. They were just animals. If they saw somebody in power with his hand in the till, even if it was maybe borderline legal, they went after it. And now they're not. Now they're functionaries of, of corporations and the corporations are functionaries of big government and big government is the vehicle of the Democrats. And that is basically what's happening. It is a true cover. And why I say it makes, the, you know, they always say the cover up is worse than the crime. But this is a case where the cover-up makes the crime worse. And why is that? Because the less we know, the less we're being told, the more we suspect. It's just human nature, right? We, you know, when you're not being told things, when things are being kept secret, you can remember this when you were a kid and your parents were hiding things. You start to dream out, oh my God, what's going on? What, what, how bad this can be? Was the impeachment, was the entire impeachment that shut down the country back in December, was that just a cover-up? 
to hide Joe Biden's dealings with Ukraine? I mean, that's what that was about. You remember, it was Trump saying to the Ukrainian president, you want to investigate this Biden stuff. Oh, we got to impeach. Oh, my God, we got to impeach him. You think like, really? You know, was that just a cover up? All this, all these times that we heard Joe Biden say, come on, man. You know, you think the Chinese are going to steal our lunch? Come on, man. That's not going to happen. Come on. man. You know, was that pay for play? I I don't know now. I mean, Ted Cruz kind of talked about this uh, the other day. cut uh, eight. When he was vice president, he was one of the most China-friendly politicians in all of Washington. He, he went on repeatedly about, come on, man, as he said like 12 times last night, come on, man. Y- y- you know, these aren't bad guys talking about the Chinese dictators. They, 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 you know, these are our friends. That, that, uh, that is not recognizing the magnitude of the geopolitical threat that communist China poses. Uh, no kidding. I mean, you know, you know, it's like, no kidding, Ted. It is not recognizing it. And it's like we thought I thought before it was just like the guy was a dope, you know, because he's not a very bright guy. I mean, he's not as stupid as we'd like him to be. He's not as stupid as we think he is, but he's not a bright guy. But after all, after all, you know, China is a major geopolitical threat. And when you're saying, come on, man, you know, they're not They're nice. These are good people, you know. And then you find out. So what are we what have we found out? Let's talk about this for a minute. The Wall Street Journal now has remember this guy, Tony Bobolinsky, this uh, Navy veteran who was part of this Chinese Chinese deal with a company that was virtually identified with the Chinese communist government. All right. So now he is given the Wall Street Journal his emails and texts. And Kimberly Strassel has an excellent, excellent summation of this today. And they're writing about this argument that was going on. Uh, Bobolinsky was brought into this business by a Hunter Biden associate named James Gillier. OK, it's not this, this is not that complicated. So I'll, I'll talk about it. And they started to have this argument because Hunter Biden and James Biden, this kind of Biden family, were demanding all these perks and all this money just to put their name on it. They weren't doing anything. And Bobolinsky was saying, hey, we're doing all the work. He was saying to Gillier, we're doing all the work. Why are they getting so much money? And Hunter is texting back. And this is what he's saying. He's saying the Chinese are coming to be my partner, to be partners with the Bidens. And he says, in this instance, only one player holds the Trump card, and that's me. It may not be fair, but it's the reality because I'm the only one putting an entire family legacy on the line. And Gillier privately tells Bobolinsky to show flexibility since he says, I know why the Chinese want the deal and what makes it enormous. It's the family name. And Bobolinsky says this whole thing where Joe was innocent and never talked about it was absolute garbage. This is cut 11. I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. <laughs> Joe Biden was familiar with this, at least at a high level. Just think about this for a minute. Just think about the fact that this guy is standing up there and saying these things. And Leslie Stahl is saying it can't be verified. How could we possibly verify it? It can't be verified. Kimberly Strassel has got it verified. The Wall Street Journal has it verified. Fox has it verified. Evil Fox, evil, terrible criminal Fox is doing the work of journalism. Leslie Stahl just can't be bothered to do. It, it really is an incredible cover up. And it just makes you think like, 
what is going on here? What are these people all about and what was happening behind the scenes? And really, it is so incredibly, it's so incredibly swampy. This kind of like, yeah, you got to pay me because I'm bringing the family name. The family name is here. Why are, the, why are the Chinese signing on? They're signing on for me. They're signing on for the big B. And the big guy, the invisible big guy is going to be part of this. You know, this is the deal. This is the kind of thing that people sent Trump to Washington for. And he may be an imperfect vessel for reform, but this is why that he was sent. And this is who Joe Biden is. So I know some of you weaklings uh, go to sleep at night, and that's a good reason to get a Helix mattress so you'll be comfortable while you're asleep. But it's not as good a reason as I have, which is that I'm up all night and I want to be comfortable as I contemplate the big questions of life. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. I took it. I got the mattress. It is incredibly comfortable. And whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, or like me, a non-sleeper, Helix mattresses are right for you. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired, and CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. So that was something actually true on CNN. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Clavin, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders at helixsleep.com slash Clavin. Get up to $200 off at helixsleep.com slash Clavin. So as you lie awake, you can contemplate the big questions and comfort like, how do you spell Clavin? Uh, K-L-A-V-A-N. No E's in Clavin. Hey, go on over. If you missed the Daily Wire uh, backstage, you missed the Daily Wire backstage. It was great. And uh, you want to be able to see these things and ask questions, be in the mailbag, have all your problems solved. So go to dailywire.com. There are lots of different levels you can subscribe at. Subscribe on the All Access one. It is the highest level, but then you get to be with us on All Access Live, which are just great shows. They're some of my favorite shows to do. I love talking to people, uh, but you got to be a subscriber. So go to over to dailywire.com. This is all that uh, Kung Pao Joe has in response on this scandal thing. Let's play uh, clip 41. What's happening here is you know who I am. You know who he is. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. I am anxious to have this race. I am anxious to see this take place. I am the character of the country is on the ballot. If this we're have stuff is true question. about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq, if this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. Right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's exactly be. what, is this that's where exactly going? what This is told. where he's going. The laptop that, right. is Russia, yeah. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia? I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President? again with Russia. <laughs> that is great. That is great stuff. That is great stuff. And by the way, nobody in the government, everybody in the government, in the government 
said this is not Russian disinformation. The DOJ said it. The intelligence agency said it. Nobody is saying this is Russian disinformation. And whether it doesn't seem to me that the laptop came from the Russians at all. I don't, the, the whole Russian thing is just nonsense. But that that Trump rolling of the eyes. Are you kidding me? You're going to give me Russia, Russia, Russia again. This is good stuff. Trump had a couple of kill shots in here. Biden had none. I don't think he had at any point where he really uh, put the knife into Trump and and. Trump is usually it's usually Trump blowing his own foot off that really hurts him. But try, uh, Trump had some really good things uh, when when uh, Kung Pao Joe. This was one of my favorite moments in the debate when Kung Pao Joe started to distract. They were talking about China and Trump was you know accusing him and going back and forth. And Biden said this. This, this is really interesting. It's cut uh, twenty nine. He doesn't want to talk about the, the, the substantive issues. It's not about his family and my family. It's about your family. And your family's hurting badly. If you're making less than, if you're a middle class family, you're getting hurt badly right now. That's a typical political statement. Let's get off this China thing. And then he looks, the family, around the table, everything. Just a typical politician when I see that. Let's talk about not a typical politician. That's why I got elected. (laughs) You know, that is so good because... It's so true. I mean, that's what makes it good. It's like he goes into this uh, this thing where he's looking at you, he's looking in the camera. It's not about my family. It's not about your family. It's not it's not about the fact that I'm doing these deals, that I'm Kung Pao Joe doing these deals with the hunter and the and the Chinese. It's not about it's about a kitchen. You're on the kitchen table. Here's a plate and the empty plate is empty. Look at the empty plate. Look at the tires on your car. And Trump just said that is typical political stuff. And Trump is so media savvy that he knows that people get that. People get that now. This is not the old days anymore. People, you know, people in the middle of nowhere, they still got TVs and people know what TV looks like and they know what politicians look like on TV. And I think that 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 was a it was a real kill shot because it meant that Biden couldn't really go there anymore uh, convincingly. And it's all he's got. It's what he's been running on all this time. There was this other thing about illegal immigration about the putting uh, kids in cages. I think this is cut 38. Let's see if this is the right cut where, you know, this is something, by the way, this is part of the Democrat. You know how Ronald Reagan uh, used to say, it's not that um, it's not that Democrats are ignorant. It's that they know so much that's just not true. Uh, this is a good example of this. This thing about Trump put kids in cages is a huge Democrat talking point. Uh, you know, when you talk to when you talk to Democrats in real life, I'm not talking about in the media, uh, the, the kids in the cages, the kids in the cages. And Biden pulled this and Trump had a great line. I believe this is cut 38. He had eight years to do what he said he was going to do. And I've changed without having a specific. We got rid of catch and release. We got rid of a lot of horrible things that they put in and that they lived with. But he had eight years. He was vice president. He did nothing except build cages to keep children in. He has no understanding of immigration or the laws. Catch and release is a disaster. A murderer would come in, a rapist would come in, a very bad person would come in. We would take their name. We have to release them into our country. And then you say they come back. Less than 1% of the people come back. We have to send ICE out and Border Patrol out to find them. We would say, come back in two years, three years. We're going to give you a court case. You need Perry Mason. We're going to give you a court case. When you say they come back, they don't come back, Joe. Those with the lowest IQ, they might come back. Okay. What he's telling you is simply not true. 
<laughs> first of all, it is true. And everybody always oh, said, look, he said, low, those with the lowest IQ, he must be a racist. You know, that that pony's not going to run. So but the, the line that he had is not in that clip. That's unfortunate. It was he just started to say, who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages, Joe? And of course, Biden couldn't answer because Obama built the cages and Obama was doing the same exact thing. There was absolutely no different. And when Trump said that coyotes are bringing people over, coyotes bring these children over and coyotes bring the children over without their parents. And Biden was saying that's not true. That's not true. That is true. And what was really unbelievable, uh, just remarkable, was how many Democrats on Twitter were, were, didn't know what coyotes were. We're ba- you know, coyotes is a Mexican phrase. This comes from Mexico. It's a Mexico, Mexican translation. This is not a, an American phrase. Coyotes are people, obviously, who are people smugglers. They smuggle people over. They are known to rape the women they bring over. They are known to murder people. They're known to leave people and take people's money and leave them to die in the desert. Uh, these are, as, as Donald Trump would say, very bad people. And it was amazing to me, just amazing, how many uh how many people on Twitter were saying coyotes, coyotes are animals. They can't bring people out. They're just, they're four legged. You can't. And I just thought, you know, if you don't know what a coyote is and you're talking about immigration, you shouldn't be talking about immigration, but it is that thing. It's that Reagan thing. It's not that they're ignorant. It's that they know so many things that aren't true. I mean, they know what a coyote is, but they don't know what a coyote is. And, and that's, that's kind of amazing to me. I mean, it's amazing. And, and what it means, what it means is that the media has succeeded in making people as stupid as it needs them to be to follow their narrative, because that's part of the thing. You know, it's not that the media uh, is just disinformation. It's also no information It's keeping it's, it's so much is what they don't say. And this is why I say of all the people who are criminal here, it ain't Trump. And it's not really Biden. Biden's not a criminal. He's just a swamp creature, as far as I know. But the media really has been criminal. It's criminal. I mean, maybe I, maybe that's a little metaphorical, but it's criminal what they do to this country. And it's criminal to take money to be a journalist and instead be covering up for the people you like and, and basically running any piece of information you can get true or false against the people that you don't like. Biden's energy lies on just... Uh, oh, this was another thing that, that Trump said that I really liked, that he did harp on the fact that Biden has just been around forever and he didn't get a lot done. And uh, I think this is clip 43. Let's play this. In the 80s, we passed 100 percent, all 100 senators voted for it, a bill on drugs and how to deal with drugs. It was a mistake. I've been trying to change the sense and particularly the portion on cocaine. That's why I've been arguing that, in fact, we should not send anyone to jail for a pure drug offense. They should be going into treatment. Why didn't you do it in the eight years, a short time ago? Why didn't you do it? You just said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. You put tens of thousands of mostly black young men in prison. Now you're saying you're going to get, you're going to undo that. Why didn't you get it done? You had eight years with Obama. You know why, Joe? Because you're all talk and no action. All right, Vice President Biden, and then we're going to move on to the next section. We had a Republican Congress. You got to talk them into it, Joe. So All right. You talk them into it. We're going to move on to our next section. Like I did with criminal justice reform. Okay. I had to talk Democrats into it. Je-
You know, that that is a great moment. It, it really was a great moment because when they were accusing Trump of not sending out relief checks and he said it's the Democrats and even the moderator said, well, you're the president. That's not how it works. It is a government. It is things that you've got to negotiate. And to sit there with that blank look on his face and say, well, we had a re-. first of all, that wasn't true. They didn't have a Republican Congress the entire time. They had two years uh, in which they owned the entire government. So that wasn't true. But even so, it's such a lame excuse. It's, it's such a lame. Clinton used to do this all the time. It's like, yeah, that's not what I wanted to do, but that was all I could get done. You know, I mean, you got to take responsibility for the things that happen on your watch and you got to take responsibility for things you do. You also have to take responsibility for the things you say. And this was uh, this. I'll, I'll close with this because we're going to run out of time. But but still, Biden on energy was really the worst Biden. This is he, he basically said that he hadn't opposed fracking. He just said it po-faced with his face hanging out. Uh, this is cut 46. I don't know where he comes from. I don't know where he comes up with these numbers. A hundred trillion dollars. Give me a break. This plan was, this is planned and endorsed by every major, every major environmental group and every labor group. The fastest growing industry in America are, is, is, is the electric, the, uh, excuse me, uh, solar energy and wind. We are energy independent for the first time. I know more about wind than you do. It's extremely expensive, kills all the birds. It's very intermittent. And what about fracking? All right, now, let me, now let me, have, let me allow fracking. Vice President I Biden to respond. I never said I oppose fracking. You said it I, on tape. I did. Show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. Put it on the website. The fact of the matter is Show he's flat lying. Would you flat. rule out banning fracking? I do rule out banning fracking because the answer we need, we need other industries to transition to get to ultimately a complete zero emissions by 2025. He was against fracking. He said it. I will show that to you tomorrow. I am against fracking. Until he got the nomination, went to Pennsylvania. Then he said, but you know what, Pennsylvania? He'll be against it very soon. Yeah, you know, we need other industries like unicorn flatulence is going to power. You know, what what is he even talking about? But Trump has been playing this montage I think I played it earlier in the week. If not, uh, you know, Trump has been playing this montage of him saying he's banning fracking. Here's another one just to show you how all over the map they've been on. This is cut six. Joe Biden will not end fracking. He has been very clear about that. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking in the Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping? They want to abolish fossil fuels and ban fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Joe Biden will not ban fracking. That is a fact. That is a fact. No more, no new fracking. Got to transition away from it. You yourself said on multiple occasions when you were running for president that you would ban fracking. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. (laughs) Joe, 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 Kung Pao Joe. One more clip, just as this thing was ending. Uh, Biden made a real slip because, uh, you know, well, let's play clip 47. Would you close down the oil industry? I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, that's a big statement. It is a big statement. Because I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. I see. Here's the deal. That's a big statement. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time. Over time, and I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. 
He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do give it to solar and wind. And that's maybe the biggest statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Because basically what he's saying is he is going to destroy the oil industry. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have to get to the final question. Vice President Biden. He takes everything out of context. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's, you know, the problem with the guy is he's a weather vane. He blows whichever way the wind blows and the blow, the wind blows in different directions in the Democrat party. There is some, there are still some moderates left, but the big gale is coming from the left. And so he blows every which way. And he, when he's caught on camera, having to play to both sides, he looks ridiculous. This was a very, very good debate for Donald Trump. I, I really do believe that. I think it is helpful in a couple of ways. First of all, it shows that Biden's got nothing. Second of all, it shows that Donald Trump can be a controlled, realistic person. And as I've continually said, the big thing about Donald Trump is he learns on the job. That's how he learns. And he obviously knows a lot more than he did when he was running for office. So look at it this way. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen on Election Day, but this was a very good debate. Amy Coney Barrett moved up toward uh, toward confirmation this week. She got out of committee and moved up toward confirmation. The Hunter Biden scandal is unraveling and it's real and it's getting worse. This was an excellent week for Donald Trump. Last week, I told you I felt a turn in the tide of what was going on. And I think that this has been you always get tomorrow's news today. And I think this has been confirmed by this very good week for Donald Trump. But it's 2020. So the meteor of death hasn't hit us yet. Uh, That should be, I don't know. Well, the claimless weekend this year, so it should be pretty soon. But. If you survive the meteor of death, we will be back on Monday. Survivors, gather here for The Andrew Clavin Show. I'm Andrew Clavin. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review. And also tell your friends to subscribe, too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Adam Saivitz and Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, is by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.